What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another NBA redraft. This time, we'll be taking on maybe the worst draft class in NBA history in the 2013 NBA draft. Uh, not known for a lot of things. I mean, only three all-star appearances. Um, you know, 51 of the 60 players played in the NBA, and a lot of them didn't last long. And known for one of the most notorious busts in NBA history with Anthony Bennett, who, as a number one pick, only had a half of a win share in his entire career, which is crazy to think, you know, when we're looking at it. So we're going to dive you know, I think, was it? Yeah. Sergi Karasev, who was the 19th pick, had more win shares than Anthony Bennett. I don't know if any of you guys know who he was. I That name no. barely rings a bell in my head. Maybe because I played 2K and uh, I got no, drafted with the 20th pick. That doesn't even ring a bell in my head. That rings no bells. Exactly, though. But still. So let's go into it. We're going to start off. The Cavaliers have a chance to redeem themselves. And I think it's a pretty clear-cut pick. So, Griffin, I'll hand it off to you. Griffin, again, joining us in the show. Thank you very much for coming back on. What's up? Uh, we're missing out on Jose, but the game will be back. But otherwise, we got Griffin. So, Griffin, take it away with Cleveland. Give us what you got to say. Uh, uh, this is clear cut in my mind. Uh, there's nobody below uh, this player who could possibly give the type of play that Cleveland would need in this position. Uh, and that's Giannis the MVP of the league a couple years back. Uh, he is so good and would add so much to this Cleveland roster along with Kyrie and, and the next year LeBron coming. That could be a deadly, deadly lineup in the years to come. So it's got to be Giannis, absolutely. Yeah, like you don't make a Kevin yeah. Love trade and you probably still get Wiggins. So who do you go after yeah. instead, you know? Exactly. There's just a lot of options that Giannis provides to this Cavs team going forward. Exactly. Honestly, a guy that took about, I think, in his third year, we really started to see him shine. But still by a second year, he was still putting up stats that were, you know, showing that he could be someone um, of notice in that class. By the way, his uh, second year stats being 12 and a half points, six and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, um, about a block and a steal. You know, not the solidified player he is today who, you know, won't say anything because Carson has not watched the game, but he's got still got a chance at the NBA Finals. We'll leave it as that. That doesn't spoil it. Doesn't that spoil it at all? No, no, no spoiler alert. I will no be worries. watching the game, though, you guys. All right. We'll be watching it right after this. So we're going to hop into the next pick, the Orlando Magic are on the clock. They selected Victor Oladipo, who ended up getting traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder in a trade uh, that sent Sergi Baca there with Victor Oladipo and the 2000, uh, believe, 16, uh, 11th pick, which ended up being DeMontis Sabonis. So this man's bounced around a lot. He ended up succeeding uh, in the Indiana Pacers, uh, where he became a third-team All-NBA guard and uh, was one of the best defenders in the league. Carson, you're on the clock for Orlando. Are you going to go the same path, or are you taking it a different way? I'm not. I'm not going with Oladipo. Real quick, can we just talk about Cleveland's like their four-year stretch? They got the number one pick in 2011, 13, and 14, and they got what the fourth pick in 2012. And like, they had they had two picks in that uh, 2011 draft, the first and man, the fourth pick. Yeah, fourth pick. That is insane. Like I, I feel like that might not ever happen again. That is like ridiculous. And like the fact that I mean they got Kyrie and. 
uh, Tristan Thompson. They were starters, but just ridiculous luck. But anyways, so yeah, I got the magic. Um, I mean, I don't know. How, how do you guys feel? Because I like – I don't know where you guys think is Rudy's second or third for you guys, because like, like I think Rudy is a much more accomplished player and the, you know, the metrics are, you know, incredible and everything, blah, blah, blah. But we literally just saw him basically get played off the floor in a, you know, a second round uh, playoff series. Whereas I think CJ, who is, you know, very underrated. I think if he'd be playing in the East, I think if he was on this magic team, he'd definitely have at least one or two all-star appearances. It's just, you know, tough, you know, mm-hmm crowded west uh i'm gonna go with cj just because i mean yeah rudy defensive anchor you don't really get that defensive cj but you know i want to see cj on a team where he has the ball in his hands the whole time you know maybe add some you know facil- facilitation uh, a little more to his game you know that scoring is going to be there it's going to take him a couple years but you know that elite elite scoring is going to be there um and just just build around that so i think i'd rather have cj th- than rudy but it is very close i think just the fact that that's exactly yeah, Rudy got played oh, off the court in the series. Just I think that was really like the, you know, kind of the last shot for me taking CJ over. But I, I'm gonna go with CJ. Yeah, there are a multitude of factors that made me not want to pick Rudy there. Yeah, I was going back and forth between him and CJ, but also the Magic the year before they got Vucevic. So I feel like he almost he's a he's a good NBA center that I think they wouldn't have drafted a center in that position. So. Yeah. I mean, CJ and then Rudy Gobert. I don't know if this is recency bias, but he kind of got exposed last series. So, like, I don't Massively know. He, he moved down in the draft. Yeah. No, but, I mean, to add on to it, yeah, like you're saying, Griffin, Vucevic averaged 13-12 and 12 in his second season after getting traded from that Sixers team. But, by the way, that team was stacked. Like, if you look at the talent that was on that team, like, just going through the years of all the, you know, you know, going through the tanking process – they had Vucevic. They had Iguodala. I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about when the Sixers should have been Didn't picking. they still have Drew Holiday, too? They traded Drew Holiday, which we'll get into, which was a pick for this draft, which ended up being Nerlens Noel. But we'll keep the moving process. on. So with the third overall pick, the Washington Wizards selected forward Otto Porter Jr. out of Georgetown, a really talented wing scorer, but you know, didn't really pan out to be that guy alongside Beal and Wall, which I really think he could have been. I mean, he has a good shooting touch, but it just seems to be he never really got the game working for him. Had some injury concerns as well. But, you know, I get to be in the spot of the Washington Wizards here. In this spot, you know, looking at the season prior, uh, John Wall is just coming into his own, averaging 18 and 7.5. Uh, Bradley Beal is doing well. Uh, Jordan Crawford. But I think... You know, Gobert would have been perfect. They wouldn't have had to go out and get Gortat, and I think Gobert would have worked perfectly with this team. I think, you you know, a guy that can average, you know, 15 and 13 and be a defensive player of the year playing alongside John Wall, it's too valuable. I can't let recency bias you get in the fact that this man is a three-time defensive player of the year winner and is the second most decorated player in this class. I got to take Rudy Gobert here with the third overall pick a foreign player out of France, and that makes us go into the fourth overall pick where the Charlotte Bobcats at the time, they took Cody Zeller, uh, the running mate of Victor Oladipo, out of Indiana. But Griffin, you get to rewrite history here. What are you doing? I know MJ loves those big uh, Caucasian guards, but I think I'm going to go in a different direction here. Uh, 
I think Victor Oladipo would have paired like perfectly with Kemba in the backcourt in uh, Charlotte. And that's who I'm taking here. Uh, the, his defensive upside and his shooting is both fantastic. So I think that would have paired nicely with Kemba, who's a smaller guard. But I think that backcourt could have been special in Charlotte. Definitely. I mean, yeah, the, the, the defense of Victor Oladipo, like, was one of the best defensive players in that most improved season in Indiana, led the league in steals that year. He would compliment him well. And who knows, uh, does Charlotte become more of a playoff contender without Rudy Gobert? You know, I mean, not Rudy Gobert, without um, Cody Zeller, a guy Cody that Zeller? really – Without Cody Zeller, who guy doesn't make that big of a defensive – I mean, a impact in general, which – And they still, did have Big Al, too. Shout out Big Al. Yeah. Exactly. He was going off then. Yeah, he was still like really solid before the NBA just like completely flipped on like his style of play. Like he was, he was nice. Another guy who'll be coming up in our Forgotten Stars series, by the way, a guy who's a super talented post scorer, uh, gives me Ennis Cantor vibes, but a lot better the version than him. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to the fifth overall pick where uh, Griffin will get mad about this, but the Phoenix Suns selected Alex Len, a big man out of Maryland. Uh, just like how they selected a big man out of Maryland this year. So who knows? Hopefully one of them pans out. He's going to be a go. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. I guarantee we'll so. But uh, we got Alex Len. Uh, didn't really pan out. Wasn't really the answer for the Suns. He stuck around for a while, but ended up moving on. Uh, where they're able to select DeAndre Ayton with the first pick in that 2018 draft, which turned out to be the one that worked. But right. Parson, rewrite history here. Who are you taking with the fifth overall selection? Um, I mean, this Suns team was, yeah, I mean, not the best. I mean, so you have Drogic, Gortaya, the Morris brothers. Um, so I'm just going to go for, like, like best available. And I think, um, whereas I think, you know, Seth Curry is probably a better player. I think Tim Hardaway's, like, had a, a better career so far, and I'd rather have that over, like, a slightly better player than Tim Hardaway right now. So I'm just going to go with Tim Hardaway Jr. You'll fill in at the, at the two-guard you know, someone that, you know, can be a really, just a really like streaky, streaky shooter who gets, you know, flaming hot sometimes. Um, and, you know, showing really good flashes. I mean, he's been a solid player for, for a while now. So, I mean, I, I think you don't really like him taking, a, you know, a ton, a ton of shots, but he's a very, very viable, you know, NBA score, you know, uh, three point shooter. So I'm going to go with Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. So Tim Hardaway Jr. goes off the board, a guy who shined after, um, the Knicks did not match his offer sheet uh, in the infamous 2016 free agency where he was offered, uh, I believe, four years, 70 million, um, went over to Atlanta, uh, became an absolute star there. But um, we'll move on. Um, I have the Utah – actually, no, sorry. I got the uh, New Orleans Hornets at the time who selected Nerlens Newell, which came in that trade with Drew Holiday um, – Ended up sending over. Um, oh yeah, Drew Holiday got sent over to the Pelicans to play alongside Anthony Davis as his running mate. So now looking at this uh, 2012-13 New Orleans roster, uh, you know before um, they got uh, before the offseason, they had Eric Gordon, a very talented young star who was part of that Chris Paul trade, averaging 17 points a game. Uh, they had Ryan Anderson, uh, everyone favorite three-point shooting white big guy um, playing well. Then we got Grace Vasquez and some other players, but looking at the board and look who I have. 
at the top. Um, assuming now that this Drew Holiday trade doesn't go through, I think I got to go with the best available guard who could run this, and I got to take Dennis Schroeder, a guy who, you know, people want to sing to the Guangdong Tigers in China, but he was a very talented point guard, had a very good year on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Was one of the best players for the OKC Thunder uh, last season as their sixth man. So I got to take Dennis Schroeder here for my pick. Solid. All right. I was going to take him next. All right. Well, don't worry. We got Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento selected the so talented Ben McLemore out of Kansas, yeah. a guy that I wanted to succeed. He was a and beast. Just so fun to he play was, with in 2K. I thought he he'd could, be so good. He can shoot and he can yeah, dunk. Me too. He was oh. insane on Kansas. Exactly. So, for a sec, how many Kansas guys have actually panned out to be like really, like really, really like Embiid. star players? Just Embiid. You Wiggins, yeah, Wiggins really. maybe, but no. Wiggins solid, but nowhere near living up to the hype. I mean, Josh Jackson. Jackson, huge mess. Yeah, Jackson's a bust. I mean, I like Graham, but I mean, what's like Graham's real ceiling? Um, I mean, Ben yeah, Macklemore. Really like, yeah, Macklemore was a bust. Yeah, I don't know. Just like not a lot of Kansas guys really seem to like pan out and fit their potential, besides Embiid. Yeah, I mean, so Griffin, you take it away. Who's Sacramento selecting here, seventh overall? So Sacramento at the time they had uh, Boogie and they had uh, Isaiah Thomas, so they had a good little young core there. But Sacramento seems to always miss in the draft, which is unfortunate. So I'm probably just going to take the best player on my board, who's Stephen Adams. Again, don't really know how well him and Demarcus would play next to each other. Maybe Demarcus could play power forward, or Stephen Adams can play power forward, but. I'm really just going to take the best available when DeMarcus eventually leaves the Kings. You know, maybe you might have a starting center there in waiting. Well, I mean, at the time, you could run two big men, like how Pau Gasol and Joe yeah. Noah teamed yeah. up well, in Chicago. Well, we could do that. Yeah, but um, was it uh, – was Rudy Gay on the roster at the time? Uh, he was – I don't think he so. was on the next se- – he was on the season, like, after he got drafted. So, he would be a rookie, and he would be on the team. Oh. Like, like, Isaiah Thomas, Rudy Gay, and DeMarcus Cousins all led with, like, 20 points per game, and everybody else did not play good or had points. Seems about right. Seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, look at this eighth overall pick where Detroit selected – Guard Contavious Caldwell Pope out of Georgia, a guy who played a key role on the Lakers winning their Mickey Rouse ring in Orlando, but a very solid guard nonetheless. A guy who can um, he can shoot the ball well at an extremely efficient rate uh, when he is on uh, fire, of course, and then he can defend well as too. But uh, Carson, I'll hand it off to here to you. Where's Detroit going in this draft? Um, I mean, you kind of laid you laid out exactly why. Uh, you know, KCP is a really solid pick here. I mean, this is where he went. Um, so part of me just wants to kind of keep that because, I mean, this guy was, you know, probably, what, the third best player on the lake, third best player on the championship team. I think, you know, him and Rondo, you know, kind of switched off as, like, the third best player, um, you know, having really, really great moments um, in, in the bubble playoffs. Um, so I, I do I do want to take KCP. I, I, I don't want to be boring, but I think – he like probably is the best available player. And like, you know, that like third, fourth, fifth, best guy on a championship team. Like he proved it 
Um, I mean, of course, he has LeBron, you know, giving him all those nice assists and whatnot. But uh, I think I'm going to keep uh, and go with KCP here uh, just because the, the, the sole fact that, like, he showed that, like, like on the brightest stage, like, he was a crunch time guy for a championship team. Um, and that's really all that matters, I feel like, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with it. Um, a super solid guy. Uh, obviously, on my draft board, a lot lower, I think, but um, still can't go wrong with the pick. So um, we're going here. Uh, a trade was uh, done here at this ninth overall pick. I believe Minnesota and Utah swapped for uh, – Trey Burke was the pick here at nine, but ended up being Shabazz Muhammad, who the Minnesota Timberwolves walked away with. Obviously, Shabazz Muhammad – Maybe one of the most hyped up high school players uh, had a super crazy hoops mixtape. Um, yep. He went to UCLA. 40 year old high school gonna... player. Yeah, I know. There's all the age crazy things about that, but a guy who really kind of gives me a Ben McElmore vibe, too. You know, they both were really young, athletic, like forward guard hybrids that really never panned out in the league. But um, I'm here to rewrite history at number nine. Uh, I'm not taking Trey Burke, even though I still have Trey Burke on my draft board, given how like you know tiny this draft is uh, in terms of talent pool. Um, I have Trey Burke at 13, um, well, more like 13, 15 range. But looking at the roster at the time for the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, they still had you know Kevin Love out there playing super well for them. Uh, they had a 31-year-old Andre Karolenko playing for them. Obviously, a Nikola Pekovic averaging 16 and nine, but I'm trying to go for more of the youth movement here. And um, I know this is going to be a really surprise pick for you guys, but I'm going to take Nerlens Noel, a defensive monster out of um, Kentucky, a guy who had ridiculous block numbers in his few games that he played in college, and a guy who's been a really good defensive player throughout his career. There's really no argument about it. He's been about a block and a steal guy per year. Um, Honestly, he had a really bad hand dealt to him. And I know Nikola Pekovic is still the starting center of this team, but I feel like having that youth movement of having Kevin Love and Nerlens Noel down there, I think Nerlens Noel can be healthy because Nikola Pekovic ran into a lot of injury troubles later on in this um, decade. So I'm taking Nerlens Noel. He's off my board. And I'll pass it off to Griffin for Portland, who ended Wait, up – Real quick, I actually, yeah. I actually like that pick because I feel like with Noel, like – all the guys left like on our boards, I feel like there's not really that much separation between any of these guys. It's not like there's like, okay, here's this player and this player. It, like everyone's pretty close together in my opinion. So I feel like at this point, it's really just like, like fit, honestly. And like what the team kind of needed at that time. Exactly. So but yeah, no, I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, who knows? Nerlens the well could have turned into like a 16 and 12 kind of guy being a Rudy Gobert player. You never know what could have happened with him. Well, speaking I think, of Rudy, I was eyeing him at 14 with my with my Utah pick, just kind of taking over that, that Rudy Gobert role, but he's off the board now. So Yeah. But no, uh, we'll pass it off to Griffin for Portland, who secured CJ McCollum, a rather steal of this draft uh, due to the lackluster talent. But uh, you got to replace CJ McCollum. Who are you taking, Griffin? Yeah, I was, I was definitely looking at – Nerlens for that pick not a, a completely different player than CJ but like we had um LaMarcus Aldridge at the time playing the power forward and I think he would have kind of paired nicely at that time but I feel like 
I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth between two players who both provide shooting, but in completely different ways. I think I'm going to go with Kelly Olynyk here. I think as the modern NBA basketball continued to advance, I think Dame, Kelly, LaMarcus Aldridge, they all ability to shoot outside of the paint. I think that would have been a good fit. Solid. Can't go wrong solid, there. solid role player. Knocked down some threes. He's tough. I think like 18 and 9. I think 18 and 11 since he's joined the Rockets this year, which is like yeah. better numbers than eight. He's played super well. Like something he crazy. averaged 19 this year. Yeah, he's, he's trying to get that money in the offseason. He was like just yeah. going crazy on the Rockets. So, yeah, his Rockets uh, tenure so far in 27 games, 24 started, 55 from the field, 39 from three, uh, 85 from the line, uh, eight and a half rebounds, four and a half, four assists, uh, a steal and a half, and 19 points. Really good numbers. But, um, yeah. We'll continue on through this draft where the number 11 pick, one of my favorite players that never panned out because this is Oscar Robertson 2.0, in my opinion. A guy drafted way farther in the decades than he should have been if only he was, you know, a player in the 1970s, 80s. It's Michael Carter-Williams, the guard out of Syracuse. Um, I actually ordered his jersey, by the way. Funny thing there. But, uh, You're crazy the, for that. The rookie of the year. So I'll, I'll hand it off to Carson. Um, I think you really you can get a lot better than this pick here. So who would you take and still on the board? I can. I mean, that dude had like the craziest like debut. Like, I mean, oh my gosh, like what a way to like start off your NBA career. But yeah, it's just sad with, with him. Um, I'm I'm eyeing I'm eyeing Covington and Curry, two guys that you know ended up on Philly, you know, later in their careers. Um, you know, Covington's someone that I think you, you tell yourself that you want a guy like Covington, a 3 and D guy, but then he ends up on a new team every year. So it's, that's very sustomized. So uh, I think I'm going to take Curry and just hope that, you know, Curry, you know, it took him a few years to, you know, get where he's at now, you know, stash him. I think, you know, he, he won't really play that big of a role. I think you'll still end up with, with Ben, with Simmons, with Curry on this roster. And then by the time that Curry, you know, starts figuring it out, it starts getting to be a really quality NBA player and a Amazing. I mean, he's always been an amazing shooter, but amazing shooter in the NBA. Uh, then you'll have, you know, Curry on the, like that Jimmy Butler team. Like you'll have him like for the earlier years of Embiid and Simmons. And I think someone, he's someone that would have really, really helped uh, those two star, you know, Simmons and Embiid, you know, early in their careers, just help them, you know, just face the floor even more. Um, and I think, you know, having him develop with, with those two guys would, would have been amazing. So I'm going to go with Curry who, who went undrafted, but, uh, Oh wait, he, no, he, he was drafted. Definitely. Oh, he was drafted much later in this draft. Uh, let me just actually, he was drafted. Coming to when I'm drafted. No, wait, Seth Curry. Oh wait, did Seth Curry go undrafted? Oh I yeah, he did. So. he did. He did. He did. No, yeah, we talked about this earlier. He did go undrafted. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him and then hope that you know he you know helps out the uh, you know the the middle of that process. Yeah, for sure. So um, here with the 12th pick, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder on the clock. Obviously, uh, they had just traded James Harden over to Houston, getting Kevin Martin and Jeremy Lamb. Uh, neither guys panned out, by the way. I think Jeremy Lamb became a solid role player in the NBA, but nothing far from the MVP caliber player that James Harden is. So I think at this I like point – Lamb coming out of college, bro, at UConn. 
Oh, everyone loves that video, you know, on, uh, I think, Bleacher Report. The, you know, the 11-game run that immortalized UConn. I always watch that every, uh, every time March Madness rolls around. But uh, yeah. so looking at this roster, um, basically it is Russell Westbrook, Sergi Baca, and Kevin Durant, and a bunch of nobodies. Honestly, um, Thabosefalosha is a solid player, uh, you know, 3 and D guy for them. So, uh Basically, the only position that I'm ruling out is drafting a point guard because Russell Westbrook um, and Reggie Jackson are that one-two uh, starting bench roll punch. So this is a little uh, – yeah, I got to do it. It's a little bit of recency bias since he had a very fantastic season, but I'm going to take Reggie Bullock, a really good three-point shooter for this team. I think – He's all he's got to do is sit on the corner and wait for uh, KD and wait for Russell Westbrook to drive, and this guy can average ten points a game. So I got to take Reggie Bullock, who had a fantastic season playing for the Knicks this year. Honestly, uh, took a little bit while for him uh, to flourish into the player that he is today, but still, I like what Reggie Bullock did uh, on the couple of years. I believe he was on the Pistons for a little bit. Um, you know. Had some good seasons, but, you know, New York this year, he shot 41 from three, um, so I'm picking Reggie Bullock. This helps their spacing so much because, like, back then, like the next couple years after this, like 2014 to, like, 2016, their spacing was terrible, like absolutely terrible. And, like, this helps that out a lot because, like, Bullock, I mean, we saw it. Like, he's a knockdown shooter. Yeah, I was going to take Otto Porter Jr., but no. The injury concerns and stuff. I couldn't roll with it. But yeah, um, Bullock's, Bullock's a perfect fit for, for this team. All right, so I'll hand it off to Griffin with Dallas. Uh, Dallas here at the 13th overall pick selected Kelly Olenek, who eventually got his way over to the Celtics. But um, who are you going to take here, assuming they stay in Dallas uh, or whatever you got in mind? Take it away, Griffin. Yeah, these this is a, a year or two removed after their finals. So I think – in my headspace as a GM of the Dallas Mavericks would be trying to get some quality bench guys to contribute early. And I'm looking towards Robert Covington. I think I'm going to take Robert Covington, assuming he stays on the Mavericks up until this Luka Doncic era that we're in right now. I think he could be definitely a key contributor for the Magics. Uh, I mean, not, not for the Magic, for the Mavs uh, throughout the years. Uh, he's a good 3 and D guy. I think the Mavs uh, at the time, they're really old, and I think they need a, a spark plug off the bench that he would provide. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that pick. Definitely the best player left on my board. But Yeah, yeah. Agreed. We'll hand it off to Carson for the last pick with the 14th pick. Uh, the Utah Jazz selected Asi uh, Shabazz Muhammad. We talked about this, but looking at my draft board, it's super thin right now. Um, basically, I think the best player I have left is Mason Plumley. Uh, so Carson, I'll let you take it away. Who are you taking here? Yeah, it, it's it's slim pickings uh, with this last pick. Um, I mean, Solomon Hill is playing in the playoffs right now because of injury. Um, yeah, I also have Mason Plumley up here. Um, I mean, part of me just wants to go with Michael Carter Williams and just hope hopes that he just gets like a different career trajectory and like you know figures like like has, you know, more injury luck, injury luck uh, in Utah, but Wouldn't blame I mean, you. I'm just going to act like, yeah, true. 
I feel like he's the most upside pick on the board right now. 17, that's, six, that's, and that's six. I'm thinking it's like I could get Mason Plumley, who I know exactly like he gives you the same thing every night, or it's like the upside pick with like because Carter Williams has that great rookie year, but then maybe he just gets lucky with injury in Utah. Who knows? I mean, Trey Burke's on the board. That's who they ended up taking. Cody Zeller's, you know, solid player, even though I don't even know really what he does that much. I mean, gets some rebounds. Shoots a mid-range jump shot. I, I just checked his three-point percentage is terrible, so wouldn't expect that, which was Andre, surprising for me. Andre Robertson was a really solid defender. back. I mean, he was a liability offensively, but a really, really good defender. Hey. A player that you probably won't take since they have a lot of big men on the roster. Gorgie Dang was sneaky decent in like the first couple of years of his uh, career. Had average like a yeah. block and a steal a game. And he became a three-point shooter, which is something funny to think about out of Louisville. James Ennis, Long Beach guy. Shout out LBC. Super um, good role player. You know, I'm just – screw it. It's the last pick. I'm just going to go with the upside pick of Michael Carter-Williams and just hopefully – so, you know, something's different is in the Utah water. And, you know, I mean, that, that was a decent team. I mean, they got young Gordon Hayward. I mean, I, I guess they wouldn't have Gobert anymore. But, um, you know, why not? I'm going to go with Carter Williams. They'll keep Ennis Cantor, <laughs> assuming off that. Hopefully the Mormons know how to, how to treat injuries better and they can they can <laughs> uh, make them more healthy in, in Utah. So, so. Who is on that roster? So it would be uh, – oh, wait, I got it right here. So it would be um, – MCW at the one. Uh, who's running the two for them? Alec Burks, Gordon Hayward, yeah, Paul Burks. Millsap, and then uh, Ennis Cantor, Derek Favors, or Al Jefferson. I think Al Jefferson left the next season, but that's not that bad of a roster. That's I don't think they have. I don't think they have Millsap. I think Millsap's already oh, yeah. on the Millsap left. So it would be uh, Derek Favors, Ennis Cantor. That's not that bad of a team. That could be an eighth seed in the West. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. And their hole is at the guard, especially with that first like. year from Carter Williams. Like, yeah, it's it's intriguing. Yeah, but no, that calls it wraps for arguably the worst draft we have done so far. Just <laughs> terrible talent on them. I mean, we it's only nothing. up from here. It's up it from is here. only up from here. I there's some drafts that are going to be crazy, especially I think we stop around probably 2018. Uh, that's going to be a crazy one. You know, you got Luca, you got Gray. A lot of different opinions on DeAndre Ayton. Who knows? We might even keep him at number one, the way he's been playing and the way the fit, no, the way might, the fit would be. Might. The might. way the fit would be, you know, you never get Chris Paul. Uh, Luca Doncic becomes that guy alongside him. Then who's playing your center position, you know? Like, Tyson Chandler was the guy playing it for him before we they got DeAndre. Dra- we bring back Dragon Bender, okay? He's coming back. <laughs> And we also gonna do that draft where we get to save the Phoenix Suns from uh, embarrassment. Oh my god, it was terrible. <laughs> Dude, the Sun, the Suns have had a lot of embarrassing picks over the years. I think that oh, yeah. that, that Dragon Bender draft was like the end of their bad drafts. I think if I can recall that. No, next year no. was Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Oh yeah. So then took a little bit, but yeah. And they took Jalen Smith this year when they easily could have had Halliburton. But hey. <sighs> They lie. Dude, it, oh my gosh, Halliburton on this team, dude. Halliburton campaign backcourt in the in the offs, dude. Oh my lord. Yeah, oh my coming lord. off the bench, that'd be dirty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, but hey, 
the scenarios are always what if. So we'll keep talking about them. You guys will keep watching. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment down below. Make sure to follow our Instagram. We got a lot of banging content coming out out there. So without further ado, this is Coast Coast Podcast. We're signing out. Peace.